welcome to the Rock Music Alliance interview sessions. I am your host, Cole Coleman. On today's episode, you know his bass playing from Evanescence, Chris Poland, and Thin Lizzy. In just a moment, I'll be back speaking with Francesco DeCosmo. Attention guitar players, join the Thimble Slide revolution and free your slide finger. With its patented shape, you can slide and fret while wearing the Thimble Slide. Visit thimbleslide.com. That's thimbleslide.com. We're back and speaking with Francesco DeCosmo. Francesco, welcome to the Rock Music Alliance. What's up, Cole Coleman? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Got a few things going on. I got to get some more music done, though. But Francesco, I know you got a lot going on musically. Tell me, yeah. you know, what are you doing like right now? What's your latest thing? What new projects, recordings? What are you doing? Right now, uh, I'm working on an original project called Dear Souls um, with Frank Symes, the musical director of The Who. And he also played with uh, Don Henley for 20 years, man. Frank is, he's a, a, an excellent genius musician and a great songwriter. Um, and, uh, you know, really looking forward to making some great music with those guys. We've been, you know, writing and, and, uh, recording and stuff. And, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a really, really exciting project. Uh, Chris Moore is on drums and he, uh, he was with rock of ages and I think some other bands too, some local bands, great bands, killer drummer, man. And Simon Daniels from Autograph on vocals. Simon and, uh, Daniels, sure. I'm, I'm aware yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing, and, uh, I saw Simon actually sing long ago uh, up on the Sunset Strip. He was part of the Sunset Strip scene, you know, back in the, in the golden day. Uh-huh. Yeah, killer singer, man. Great guy. Yeah, he is. All the guys are just really super nice, man. They're super cool. They don't, there's no ego problems, you know. It's just a really cool project, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We just we uh, filmed a video, and I'll send you the link to that if you you know if you want to if you can promote that would be really cool. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And um, I'm also working on a project, a Rush tribute project. Well, there's two of them. There's one of them um, uh, with Brian Titchy from White Snake, and uh, also he also played with Foreigner. A uh, bunch of other people, great drummer. Um, Walter Eno is in the band as well. That's a farewell to Kings mm-hmm. and uh, Jonathan Sindelman um, from. Uh, he played with Keith Emerson and wow. and uh, yeah, fantastic keyboard player. Um, and Walter plays with uh, Eagles of Death Metal, and he played with Survivor. Yeah, he's a busy so guy. It, I'm, I'm familiar with Walter. Yeah. I'm familiar with Walter yeah. as well, and I've seen him play many times at the Ultimate Jam at the Whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's. Uh, I think he's the, the house guitar player and keyboard player as well. <sighs> but um, you know that project kind of got sidelined because um, you know everybody was doing their like their projects, you know, or playing in bands to make money and you know, touring and stuff like that. And Brian went, uh, Brian went to Japan, uh, last year for about seven months or so, you know, playing with the, with the bees over in Japan, you know, um, to make, you know, make, make money and do the touring thing. And, uh, so we all kind of got sidetracked with our own projects. Um, uh, I even went out to Mississippi for a while, um, playing with, uh, Diane Diaz, a great singer, uh, great singer, um, at, uh, MGM. So, 
I was doing that for a little while. Um, just got back to LA about a, you know, a couple, about a month ago. So, and, uh, now I'm working on another rush tribute, um, with, uh, Brian Montre and, uh, this new drummer. I can't, I can't for the life of me remember his name right now, <laughs> but he's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're so, going to be, yeah, you're going to be hearing about that, Francesco. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually, I actually, uh, text Brian earlier, but he didn't get back to me that, that Dumbo didn't get back to me. And, uh, uh, anyway, um, but I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm going to, I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with, with this project, are, are you, uh, involved in the writing or is there, you know, is there, there, um, well, the traditional, you know what? I mean, yeah. um, with, with the, the crest of steel thing, well, oh, let me tell you about the Feral the Kings thing. So, so the Affair of the Kings project with Brian, Brian Walter and Jonathan, we got together, you know, as a, as a rush tribute, but we ended up writing some original music, which I'll send you the link to. I think I sent it to you already. Um, and, and we wrote a song called Huck Finn. It was Brian's idea. He goes, Hey man, you know, why don't we write an original song as like kind of a, kind of a continuation of Tom Sawyer. Right. Like, Hey, that's a great idea. You know? So, um, we got together um, this was like about a year ago, right? We got together and um, we just got in, in Brian's uh, uh, practice house and we just started playing. And dude, about an hour later, we had all the parts to the song, like about an hour, hour and a half. We had parts of this song, which was, was just really a tremendous piece of music. And um, so we kind of pieced the parts together and... Um, then we, we made them cohesive and uh, we got together after we recorded the music and Brian and I, I got together and I, I wrote the lyrics and we did the vocals. We did the vocal. Um, I did the vocal and, uh, but you know, he helped me with some of the lyrics and stuff. And, but, but I, I wrote most of them and I am really pleased with the way it came out. And we released it right after Neil Peart died, you know, uh-huh. unfortunately this year. Yeah. Um, it, because it was sitting around and we weren't doing anything with it, you know, cause everybody's doing their own thing. And, um, so we finally released it, you know, basically as a tribute to Neil, because Neil <laughs> was a force of nature, man. He changed the world. In my opinion, that guy changed the world, uh, in terms of just depth and musicality and absolute just musical intellect and just such a, just an amazing drummer. Uh, I mean, what what an inspiration and and honestly rush is the reason why i play music i mean i went over to my buddy's house when i was a kid and um and uh, uh he, he just played 2112 for me and i was like i was electrified i was like oh my god and i was reading the lyrics as the as the music was playing and it, it was like a light bolt of lightning hit me man so ever since then you know i mean and mm-hmm. that's the reason why i play bass that's the reason why i play music is rush terrific man <laughs> you terrific. know and then i got in then I got into you know Zeppelin and the Beatles and you know and uh, well, well, now, well now Francesco yeah, at, a at, bunch of stuff after that at What's that up? at that moment so so for some reason you know playing you know bass guitar reached out and grabbed you you know so from that moment on were you were you listening to the bass more than anything else when bands were coming out? Um, actually, you know, I just love music, so I I'm a huge fan of the guitar. I love keyboards. I love all all instruments. I love the drums. So when I listen to music, man, I listen to everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just, mm-hmm, I, you know, and and um, I think that that makes me or anyone that does that a better musician because 
you know, you, you become aware of the function of different instruments and, and how, how they function in music. And, and you get, sometimes you get different ideas because if you're honed on in on different um, instruments in music, you know, for inspirational, for writing, you know, inspiration for writing, you know what I mean? So, um, I think that overall, I think that makes you a better musician, you know, and, and I was always singing since I was a kid. Hmm. So, you know, that, that helped me hear the notes, you know, because my ear was already kind of developed, you know, I just love music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. Well, you know, in doing, in doing some research on you, um, I came across there's there's two different places. Like one one place says you were born in Italy. Another place says you were born in Hartford. Where were you born? No, that's funny. Yeah, I think whoever um, whoever started that first Wikipedia page didn't do very good <laughs> research. But I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and when I was about three, uh, my parents were both from Italy, and they met in New York, and they had me and my brother in Hartford. And then they wanted to raise us in Italy. So my dad, when I was like five years old, I think around five, my brother was just three or something. Um, we moved to Italy for about a year, you know, and my, my dad tried to, to get some, you know, steady work there. And then after about a year and a half, we ended up coming back because my dad found a steady job where my mom had relatives in Pennsylvania. So that's kind of the story <laughs> that's, that's basically the story. And wow. then we moved to Pennsylvania, and me and my brother grew up there. Oh, and so yeah. growing up in Pennsylvania, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, Northeast what town? PA, yeah. Northeast, yeah. What, what town? Um, outside Dallas, Pennsylvania, which is like outside of Wilkesbury. Yeah. Hmm. It's a small town with a big name. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. And so once you came to Los Angeles, uh, how did you decide to attend Musicians Institute? Oh, this is this this is kind of a cool story. So um, I had just moved to California, uh, and this was in 1991, I believe. 91, yeah. And um, I was uh, with my ex girlfriend, and we uh, I, I heard about um, the MI was doing uh, Billy Sheehan was uh, holding some kind of contest, you know. So he said, you know, like, you know, send your, send your demos in. And I was, I loved Billy Sheehan, you know, he's a fantastic bass player, man, you know, he's, and I ended up meeting him, I'll tell you. But anyway, um, so I sent in my demo and I was one of the 10 guys that he picked to be judged for this, for the scholarship contest. Right. Well, that's really something there because there must've been a lot of submissions. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so um i i ended up being in the contest and i didn't end up winning the contest for the scholarship but i thought well if billy sheehan thinks i'm good enough to be in his contest i could i should probably go to mi <laughs> you know and and at that time i was like i was a self-taught musician so I thought I, I knew some music theory, you know, but I, I basically taught myself how to play by ear. And I was playing in bands for like like ten years before, you know, I even went to school. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience, man. You know, I just I applied for some grants and and some loans and ended up going. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, man. Um, I ended up um, 
winning the vocational honors award for that year, which was the top award for bass players at that time, you know, uh, for anybody that went to MI, getting a vocational honors award was like the top of the top of the class. And it was, it was amazing, dude. Cause I didn't expect that, you know, I just went there and I did the best I could, you know, and, and I learned as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started playing. That's when I started playing with you actually. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we we started playing together in uh, Point Blank. Um and uh Cole by the way is a fantastic guitar player and keyboard player. <laughs> oh wow, man. For Thank everybody you. listening out there. So, um yeah, so we had a great band and, and but it, uh that's when um I also got the hum- the Human Relations Award that year. <laughs> the Human Relations Award cuz you know I don't know. I just made a lot of friends, you know. And um, well, you and, always and, you always were very you know very outgoing that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and then uh, well, won the vocational honors award, and then I ended up um, seeing an ad for Chris Poland for Chris Poland of Megadeth. He had a wow. band called Mumbo's Brain. <laughs> Mumbo's Brain, right? What a name. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, dude, that that band was trippy. It was like super psychedelic and like dark, and oh my god, it was so cool. So I didn't know, I really didn't know it was Chris Poland, right? I just saw the ad and it, it kind of described the music and stuff. And Mark Poland, his brother, was the contact. And he was the drummer in the band. So I went down in, in, into their um, downtown rehearsal and they had this really trippy setup down there. It was like, like all these painted cabinets, these guitar cabinets were like painted with like Mm-hmm. psychedelic paint and like these, these characters on them and it was like black lights i was like whoa this is oh, a wow. trip so i i um i auditioned with mark and i got the i got the gig you know and uh and then uh, the next time i went down it was chris and he told me he told me it's chris poland you know i was like oh man <laughs> chris <laughs> poland is one of the greatest guitar players on the earth oh, he yeah. is just one of the greatest he's like an unsung hero if you ask me Francesco, hold on right there, and we'll be right back. It's time that rock music has its own awards, the RMA Awards, its own scholarships, charity events, and more. And only you can make it happen by joining the Rock Music Alliance and voting in the RMA Awards. You can join as either a musician, an industry professional, or if you just love rock music, you can join as a patron of rock. Everyone can join, and everyone gets to vote. Join the Rock Music Alliance. Go to rockmusicalliance.com. That's rockmusicalliance.com. We're back with Francesco talking about his time with Chris Poland. So we ended up playing, you know, I ended up playing in Mumbo's Brain, and we only had a couple gigs, you know, but and, and we uh, did a couple showcases, too, for a record company. And uh, we ended up not getting signed, but but uh, and then the singer left, and we just kept writing music, mm-hmm. and that became Chris Poland's second solo album. Which I I bugged, I begged him for like two years. I'm like, dude, we have to we have to release this this recording because I kept listening to it. I'm like, this is amazing stuff, and um, so I kept bugging Chris, kept bugging Chris, and, and he's like, okay, okay. I'm going to overdub some solos, you know, because there were basically rhythm tracks that were, you know, like musical ideas and, and that became the rhythm tracks for the record. And, you know, there was no solos over them, you know? So he, he overdubbed some solos. Dude, this, 
this record was done on a four track. Oh, we wow. had a four track uh-huh. tape player. We had a four track tape recorder in the studio, and we <laughs> we just recorded, you know, these ideas, you know, um, in during rehearsals. And and I kept listening to it. I was like, this stuff is brilliant, man. You know, because he's a genius. He's he's just a genius. And Mark played great on it. And um, so, at my insistence, a couple years later, you know, he had recorded a bunch of great solos on the record and we finally re- um, released it and I ended up uh, titling most of the tunes. He goes, yeah, just come up with some names for them. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, that's you interesting. Know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because it, I just got psychic impressions from the music and, you know, and I said, Oh, this sounds like this, you know, <laughs> it well, sounds like that, you know, but that, that's you know, cool. Like that he one- was, yeah. He must, he must've picked up on that. And like I say, he let you run with it. You know, that's cool. Yeah. And he, he even called one of, one of the tunes Cosmos Thumb because he liked the way I, you know, like played funk stuff, you know? And, uh, it was like one tune in six, eight, you know, um, that was kind of a funk slap thing, you know? And he goes, mm-hmm. Oh, it's named as Cosmos, Cosmos Thumb, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so was yeah, that the, it was uh, just a great experience, man. Yeah. Great was, experience. Was dude. that the first major artist release that you'd worked <clears throat> yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah, that was the fi- the first, you know, I, I consider major artist release, yes. Mm-hmm. So that record became, that project with the, with me, him, and Mark, his brother, became the, um, became Ohm, his his band. Oh, right. Ohm. I remember. We, we, yeah. So we basically started Ohm, you know, and then I left because I, I got an audition with uh, Dweezil Zappa. And, um, I, I was just kind of doing some other stuff, you know, and I really didn't have time to stay doing that project. So, uh, Robert Pagliari, his old bass player came back and it was him, Mark and and Robert, and they kept going. And then they, and then Mark dropped out and then they replaced him with David Eagle and that became Mm home. So, so, you know, I'm proud to have been the, you know, the, kind of the seed bass player for that project for that band because they're one of my favorite bands dude ohm is insane yeah definitely oh my god they're so great ohm if anybody out there you want to hear great chris poland's best work listen to ohm and also chasing the sun the record that i played on is on youtube the whole thing's on youtube oh wow so, that's and it's great really yeah. fantastic it's really a fantastic record. i'm not just saying that because i played on it but Chris Pollan's a genius. <laughs> you got to hear this stuff. It's outrageous, man. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, well, now, the following may come as a surprise to many, but in, 2000, uh-huh. in 2002, you got to work with Evanescence in the studio on their debut uh, album, yeah. Fallen. <laughs> right. Tracking, tracking yeah. the bass for essentially the entire album, including their biggest and most popular song to date, Bring Me to Life. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so how yeah. did you, how did you connect with Evanescence and uh, get to track um, their whole album? Oh, that's that's an interesting story. I was playing um, I was playing in North Hollywood, and I was actually um, gigging a lot in Palm Springs at the time with this band out there that was like playing a lot. And then uh, I was playing with the drummer, um, with uh, this guitar player Chris Huchin, and Mike Lewis was the drummer. And so we were just playing at this 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 bar called residuals in North Hollywood. And they walked in, it was like Ben Moody. I didn't know that they, who they were, you know, it was Ben Moody. Um, 
and the producer. So they they came in and we were playing. We were, we were like, you know, it was towards the end of the set, so we were kind of like letting loose, you know. <laughs> right. And Chris is a great guitar player. Mike's a really good drummer, and and I was, you know, we we're jamming, and uh, we got done with the set, and uh, uh, Dave Fortman, Dave Fortman is the producer. He came up to me, and he goes, and with a southern accent, he goes, "You're the best goddamn bass player I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> 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 I swear to God, dude, I yeah. swear that's what he said. Well, now for those for those and, who uh, may not for those who may not know Francesco that like that closely as a player, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you, listener. This is this is the kind of bass player that when he gets going, it makes you laugh because he's so good. It's like he's you know, <laughs> so it's no wonder. It's no wonder, man. <laughs> <laughs> really that's great yeah, yeah when you when you get going uh, it's, it's like it gets unreal sometimes you know i mean I, i've had oh, the, wow. i've had the pleasure of listening to you in the audience but i've also had the pleasure of of gigging with you on stage and when you reach that oh, time of thanks, night you're, yeah when you reach the time of night you're talking it's like you know the gig has gone well it's getting late into the night it's you know it's time to cut loose and man do, yeah. do you ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always fun man when that happens you know but uh, so so he, he that's what he said. You're the best damn bass player I ever heard in my life. And uh, I'm my name is Dave Fortman, and I'm I'm produced in this band called Evanescence, and I, I want you to play on the record. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I got nothing better to do next week, you know. Wow. Uh, no, so so he gave me his number and he got my address and my phone number and he sent me their demo and it was them, you know. Right. But uh, you know what, dude. There was no bass track, no bass tracks on that on that demo. Hmm, okay. So, you know, other than the riffs, I came up with everything else. So, in it, so the music was great. You know, I re- I really liked the music because it was kind of a combination of prog, which is I love. You know, I love progressive rock, and mm-hmm. it, and there was elements of classical music, um, great songs, great lyrics. Um, you know, very melancholy and beautiful you know, kind of, kind of tragic, tragic and beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it, I, you know, it's that combination was it's just a beautiful, it was really beautiful artistic combination of elements. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, it was some fantastic players on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, uh, so the version of the songs you're getting, they're, they're really more of a, of a demo at that point. Like were they just guitar and voice oh, yeah. or were there some drum tracks on them? Um, yeah, there was a drum machine. It was drum machine, guitar, and her, and, and Amy singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but pretty, that was it. Yeah, pretty, you know? pretty raw. Yeah, so, pretty raw. Yeah, yeah. pretty raw. The, um, I don't think there was, uh, there was, maybe there was some keyboards. Yeah, there were some keyboards on there, some, um, you know, uh, but essentially very, very raw, it was kind of stripped down, you know, and no bass. <laughs> wow. it, it, you know, but it, yeah, just the riffs, you know, when the riffs I, I learned and, and uh, Bring Me to Life was the first song I tracked, and we, we finished it in about, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. Wow. And um, Just you know, they're like, yeah. they're, they're flipped out. They flipped out. They're like, oh, my God, that was awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, and, and they, they, yeah. asked, they actually asked me to be in the band. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, I love the music, and, you know, let's talk more about it, you know? Uh, so we ended up doing the whole record and it was a great experience. Um, we did some of the tracks at the steakhouse in North Hollywood and most of the tracks were done at NRG, mm-hmm. you know, where, where Lincoln Park was down, down the hall doing, uh, their next record. I think it was either Meteora, I think was the next record that, you know, after the big hit, you know, 
Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, it's and it's just a great experience uh, overall. So, so when you're yeah. when you're actually tracking those songs in the studio, um, like what what was that like, and, and who was who was there with you? Just you and the producer, or was the the whole you know Moody okay, was there? Okay, so there, there was a pre pre production session um, with Josh Fries, the drummer, and um, everybody else, you know. Uh, Dave Hodges, I think, was there. Dave Hodges and, and Ben Ben Moody and Amy, and so you know that we did a pre-production uh, session with Dave Wortman and uh, a couple of the people there. I think uh, uh, the engineer was there as well. I can't remember who that was, but um, so we did that, and then in the studio, basically, it was um, either me and Ben and Dave, and then sometimes Amy was there as well. So when you were when you were tracking these songs, I know that this gets asked. Mm-hmm. This gets this gets asked a lot of of players. When you were in the studio tracking these songs, was there any inkling, any feeling that there was something special about the songs, or that there was something special happening in the studio with them? I knew from listening to you know the songs. I really liked them a lot, you know, and there was there was nothing. Uh, out there at that time like Evanescence. So I kind of had a feeling it was going to blow up, you know? Um, you know, I, I just had a good feeling about it and, and, and I did the, you know, the best work that I could on it, you know? So, right. Right. And, and Dave Foreman was a joy to work with. Uh, he was, you know, quite a character and, uh, quite a comical character and, 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 and a good producer. He, he has good musical instincts. He was in that band, uh, Ugly Kid Joe. He was a guitar player in oh, Ugly Kid Joe. Wow. Oh, Remember right. them? Sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I so, think we actually played we played one of their songs when we when you and I played together. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's why the name is so familiar. Yeah. 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 So, so, so many songs. It's, it's hilarious, you know. Uh, I know. But uh, Yeah, so he was in that band and, and he, you know, he had really good musical instincts and was really a joy to work with, you know. So they, they talked about bringing you on board, but when the tracking was all complete... You know, like like what happened? You know, how, you know, was there? I don't know, man. Something weird happened. Um, mm-hmm. They, I, you know, when the tracking was done, I said, "Well, you know, let me know what uh, what the next step's going to be." And I'm looking forward to playing with you guys. Mm-hmm. And, right. And uh, then they they told me that the, the record company didn't have enough money to pay me on the road and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the manager who was a. Um, uh, an attorney as well. It kind of, you know, was a little bit shady and pulled some shady stuff. And I, I ended up not working with them anymore after right. that. But, but I know what they, what they asked of me and I knew what their deal, um, uh, was with me. And they kind of, they kind of reneged on their agreement with me. And, uh-huh. and you know, so, you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Well, when it was, and, when it was, uh, yeah, and uh, go ahead. It's too bad, you know. It's too bad. I, I really would have liked to have played with him live. Uh, I think it would have been, you know, I, I would have contributed a lot to that band. Oh, no doubt about that, um, Francesco. Yeah, no doubt about that. You, you have know, a, I, I, yeah, I I try to, you know, give as much as I can to every project that I'm in, you know, and because I, I believe that music is, you know, it's it's a collective effort, you know, and and it's um, you know. It's, the sum of its parts, you know, you know. So, so when, when it was clear that that, you know, wasn't going to happen, was it, was it hard to walk away? And how did you, how did you yeah. cope with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it was, 
it kind of it kind of stung, you know. You know, I, I, it was the first record I ever played on, the first big record I ever played on, that got it got five Grammy nominations and we won two. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I mean that was that was really cool. Yeah, for so for the, for the listeners, it's kind of bittersweet for me, you know, yeah. kind oh, of bittersweet. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? yeah. yeah, for 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 the listeners who uh, who uh, who hadn't heard, uh, yeah, I want to mention, yeah, Fallen earned five Grammy nominations, just like you're saying here, and won two Grammy awards, one for best new artist and one for best hard rock performance. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. And, and And dude, when I was a kid, and I was watching the Grammy, the, the Grammy Awards one year, and I told my mom, I said, I'm going to be there someday. I'm going to go there someday. And, and wow. And you <laughs> dude, did it. Check this out. And I did it, right? And so, you know, that to me is, is worth way more than, you know, um, anything that didn't happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> with I, them. Yeah. That's fantastic, because Francesco. It, yeah, congrats on that. Yeah, because you know, because it was it was a it was a testament to my love for music, and 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 I knew that I was on the right path in life. Well, congratulations, Francesco. You did it. You made it all the way to the Grammy Awards. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Join us in the next episode for part two of our conversation with Francesco DeCosmo, where he tells us about being on the Grammy red carpet and his time with Vin Lizzy. Visit thimbleslide.com for the guitar slide that frees your finger. It allows you to slide and fret while wearing it. And visit rockmusicalliance.com and join the Rock Music Alliance so you can vote in the RMA Awards. For the Rock Music Alliance, I'm Cole Coleman. Be well, stay well, and join the Rock Music Alliance.